With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This week's episode of God Awful Movies is sponsored by love. But not just any love. The best love. Mike's love. Mike's love specifically for Amelia. And Amelia... Mike would like to know, will you marry him? I hope she said yes. Otherwise, it's a weird sponsorship. I hope she said yes. Say yes. Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, because if there is punishment in the afterlife, we're going to need a head start. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is the chair where Heath usually sits. He's not here. It has nothing to do with how much editing I had to do on last week's show when I got back from vacation. He's just on vacation the following week. That's don't Guys. read anything into it. Guys, no fired Heath. There was a big screamy fight. <laughs> Doors were slamming. Me and Loki the cat were down in the basement just hiding. No, but it I, was horrible. But I will say, like, by the time I got home on Monday, he'd already left. So <laughs> <laughs> he knew I was going to hear it anyway. Of course, as you already heard, sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how you doing this fine afternoon, sir? I'm fantastic, Noah. Hey. You know who's a visionary ahead of his time? Who's that? Mel Gibson. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> Has some really great ideas about movies. Oh, my God. And yes, that, of course, would be related to the answer to this question, which is, Eli, what will we be breaking down today? Well, uh, we watched Creed of Gold. <laughs> it's the story of three plucky teens quest to expose that the Federal Reserve is actually a private bank Founded on stolen gold by Bolshevik Jews. Yes. Uh, it's a real adventure. (laughs) And it has a a Scooby gang feel to it, too, throughout. Absolutely. There is no question that this is like Jinkies, the Jews. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Jukies. Yeah. (laughs) It's. It's like meeting a girlfriend's dad and you're talking for a little while and then he starts saying the word them a lot and you're like, ooh, I gotta get out of this place. Yeah, it was a super uncomfortable movie and I felt like, oh, we'll get to it anyway. I I, I gotta stick to the formula. So tell us, Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love National Treasure, 
and you have multiple frog avatar Twitter profiles, <laughs> you will love this movie. Dave Rubin should give this movie a softball interview and then defend it on Twitter. That's what I, this movie is very uncomfortable. It's very, it's like sitting on a, it's the movie version of sitting on a bus next to two guys talking about how no Jews died in 9-11. That's the, it's just a movie version of, I do I interrupt? They both seem, I don't, it's fine. Well, so uh, it, there's a, there's a much more direct analogy for me because I used to be into a bunch of conspiracy theory bullshit, right? And back then when there was no internet or when internet was hard to come by and you were into that kind of shit, you had to like order books or you'd find books at, at, at your local wacko fucking bookstore. And occasionally you would read these books that are just like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, there's a secret cabal read, running the whole world. And you get three quarters of the way through it. And you're like, oh, and it's the Jews. What the fuck? <laughs> I've been reading Nazi propaganda for the last two weeks and I haven't realized it. Oh, my God. You know, so there's a definitely a feeling like that, like you could almost because they never say the word Jew in this movie. Right. They never say <laughs> it was the Jews. Yeah, of course. All the bad guys have very Jewish names. <laughs> they what? sure do. And you're right, because like I was a 9-11 truther. I've talked about that. And when I was, my like, oh, this book or this web page is obviously not true is when they would start talking about Jews. So I'd be like, mm -hmm. yeah, how did Tower 7 fall down if it's not made out of towers? But if there was a Jew, I'd be like, oh, okay, I've obviously come across the wrong source of information for how the government died 9-11. Let, <laughs> let me move to something more. Right. reputable like zeitgeist and <laughs> patrons this is just going to end up being for you i have a feeling but uh if you want to know how i ended up cured of 9-11 trutherism uh i had had a big argument in the break room where noah and i worked uh with someone about whether or not 9-11 was an inside job and everyone was like you should talk to um the whatever his name was at the time about it. And I was like, oh, Noah's gonna verify he's a skeptic like me. And I went up where he was just trying to do his job. And I was like, I mean, you've seen Zeitgeist, right? And Noah gave me, I got a personal diatribe of 25 <laughs> minutes about that movie. And it truly started me of like, okay, well, he seemed to have Googled that in ways that I haven't. Oopsie oh. <laughs> pupsie. Yeah. And, and we, we've been friends ever since. And what's, what's so funny is that like Eli's reaction was, yeah, no, that's what I was <laughs> saying too. Just now that's yep. those, those wackos down there. Don't Crazers. <laughs> don't talk to Al this week. <laughs> we busy. <laughs> All right. So is there anything you want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Um, oh wait, you know, before you do, can I, can I, can I throw one out for Heath? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Best worst movie to not have Heath for. <laughs> right. I mean, this whole movie flirts with his favorite conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. it, the only time I have ever in my entire, like I've known Heath in, in October, I'll have known him for 10 years. The only time I've ever seen him truly pissed is when he was trying to explain to a friend of his that the Fed is not a Ponzi scheme <laughs> and failing miserably. I talked to him while he was on vacation on a literal beach, and I was like, yeah, I know, it's creative goals about the Fed. And he was like, yeah, it's weird that you chose that one while I was gone. I'm glad I got to be around for the mark. <laughs> glad I got to see the mark. Oh, that was the one thing that kept me after editing out all of the ranking of the races and everything. The only thing that kept me going was listening to how miserable you guys were over this movie that I didn't have to watch. It was quite nice. 
Indeed. Uh, can I give it best worst surprised reaction to a murder? Uh, I don't want to spoil anything here, but I have overreacted to whoopee cushions with more fear and surprise and upset than a main character of this movie will to a homicide. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I have one that, that, that I've got to throw out, and this is a stiff competition best worst, but I think this might have... The best, worst, last-second efforts to make this a Christian movie. Absolutely, yes. There are, there are like, three just incredibly shoehorned-in scenes that are just like, no, 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 Bible, Jesus, God. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the only way this could have been more obvious is if they had just ADR'd in someone going, Jesus. <laughs> like, every three minutes, they're just, yeah, good Christ. <laughs> They practically did. All right. Well, now that we know the truth about them Jews and their fake fat, I suppose it's only a matter of time before the hitmen show up for us. So we're going to have to keep the break brief. And when we come back, we're going to dig into all the world net daily historical asides that are Creed of Gold. All right, Eli, you ready to record? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Wait, what's the matter? Well, I was looking at your notes and you know how this week's movie is super crazy and like nutty about how the Jews run the Fed with secret gold they stole during World War One. Yeah, man, it's going to be hilarious. I, why are you so... um? Yeah, it's just... All of that is true. What? Yeah, it's kind of a family business thing. And, you know, my mom listens to the show, so I thought I'd just, you know, get that out there. She Wait, no, I'm you know. hold up. Back up. It's real? Like the gold and, and the Fed? Yeah, yeah, and no, it, three trains. I actually know a Brevik. We went to JCC camp together. Weird guy. Blinks sideways. Okay, uh, well, well, we should probably just leave this out. Just do the show. Yeah, yeah. Just thought I'd clear the air before we did the episode. You mm -hmm. know, I don't want it to get weird. So, so wait, then... Missiles shaped like planes, actually. No shit. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, you just paint them. <laughs> hey folks some of you may know last week Heath and I did a hilarious bit where we begged you for your money and much to the horror of Noah you guys delivered yeah yeah despite years of trying to keep our asks for you to sign up to patreon.com slash godawful classy and subtle y'all decided to throw it out the window when as of this recording 28 people became patrons in less than a week that's right begging and since that obviously worked, we thought we'd see if we can keep this streak going. So, first of all, Noah, I believe you uh, owe the audience a little... Um, oh, yeah, I'm <clears throat> um, pretty, pretty pleased with sugar on top. Support the show at patreon.com slash godawful. Yeah, see, going to get going to get like 80 more people now. But that's not all. Oh, God, no, I thought that was Yeah, we thought we'd try all. some other techniques that Noah has denied us as well. Eli. Yeah, like bribery. Like what? Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm proud to announce, if you become a patron, we will like you better, demonstrably better as well, a person. that's just... Or maybe I mean, threats. It's... 40 more patrons by next week, or I'll poison Heath. Think I won't? That guy eats anything. Literally anything okay, at all. Okay, that's true, yes, but, but, but that's not course, a good... And of course, good seduction. No. No, Eli. Patreon.com slash godawful. I leave you guys alone for one fucking week. 
And we're back for the breakdown. And the first thing we're going to learn about this movie is that the Dove Foundation is on board as fuck. They are into this. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So we're going to open this movie up on an old woman telling us a, with a with a thick communist accent, telling us a story about Russia in 1917. <laughs> She's telling us the tale. Oh, yeah. Oh. When people traded freedom for a government promise. Except that was so much better than she was able to do with the accent. Oh my God, it's so fucking bad. So yeah, so we see a, like a revolution in the streets in Russia. And also at the same time, Inspector Gadget is there and he's like secretly addressing an envelope or something. Yeah, he's he's like writing a note to himself. Uh, and as he's writing that note, a, a bad guy shows up and mm -hmm. he gets shot at with the fakest looking gun possible <laughs> well so far in the movie anyway yeah yeah exactly um and, and of course during this the old lady's still doing her voiceover and she's talking about how the uh the bolsheviks got really popular because they suddenly had a lot of money but where did they get their money spoiler Whoa. it's the jews um it is the jews and apparently inspector gadget is the one reporter who knew where their money came from yes only one reporter knew so now we, we get the, the opening title shot or whatever, and we see a big train full of gold, which apparently Inspector Gadget is on. Mm -hmm. And this is where I realized what conspiracy theory this <laughs> movie was. Because, like, look, there's a lot of crazy anti-Fed stuff. Yeah, right. But, like, train full of gold is deep cut. <laughs> <It's> deep cut. <laughs> You know, there's a difference between 9-11 was a government inside job and 9-11 was the aliens using a controlled explosion from the inside. You know what I'm saying? It's a, <laughs> right. If you think Professor X did 9-11, you are in a different category than if you just think, like, those buildings shouldn't have fallen down. <laughs> well, you're in the same category. You're just way right. further in that category. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, so Inspector Gadget is running from the bad guys, jumps off the train, winds up in a library somehow. Yeah. Uh, where he hides this secret paper in a book right before he gets shot. Right. It, and it was like a train station slash library. It, oh, who the fuck knows? Yeah, it, it's the closest thing they could find to Russia in Detroit. But, <laughs> but 75 years later, apparently, after he got shot, your father... This movie has not told us yet who this narrator is addressing. So up until now, I'm pretty sure it's my dad found that hidden letter in that library book that no one had checked out for 75 years, apparently. Mm -hmm. It was actually uh, it was a copy of Twilight. That's why they <laughs> no, that nobody. perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad he got to it quick before my wife. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So he found out apparently the main character who is, is learning all of this from the narration found out that the Bolshevik money came from, and I quote, secret group. But secret group. Yes, secret group rhymes <laughs> with you. Um, and then, then they are so not subtle. No, they're really not. It gets so much worse because right now people are like, oh, you're just you're reading a lot into this. And if you don't know the train of gold conspiracy theories, it'll sound like that. But by the end, it'll be a way more when we meet Mr. Steinberg mm -hmm. in Steen. 
Lebowski. Um, it'll be a lot more clear. Um, yeah, so it, apparently this character's dad found out that the Jews secretly funded the Bolshevik Revolution and then they killed him one night. And that's how the dad leaves. And apparently mom has decided to tell this backstory to her son while they're waiting on the train that's going to take him to college. Just yeah, She's like, uh, oh, I meant to tell you, your father was murdered by the Illuminati, which is run by <laughs> Jews, for finding out about the Bolshevik funding of the 1917 revolution. Um, also, get some some of those uh, shower sandals, because <laughs> those showers, if you have a communal one, it's really gross. <laughs> well, and also, like, you got to feel like the kids asked before, right? So was this a whole thing? Like, why did my dad die? I'll tell you when you leave for college, son. You just got to have to wait. later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But she gives him the letter that his dad found, the, the letter from the Inspector Gadget guy in 1917, and warns him that he has to be careful because they've been, the family's been in hiding from the secret Illuminati Jews the entire time. That's why they had to change their name and move away from Russia. Yeah. So, all right, with all of that backstory out of the way, we're going to cut to New York City, uh, where there are people... Or should I say, New York City? <laughs> you probably should, yes. <laughs> um, and we've got people in a boardroom who are trying to figure out how to take all the poor people's money out of the world. I guess this is the the Illuminati here? Yeah, the, the board of the Fed, the secret directors, something. Shadow and, and this, government. By the yeah. way... <laughs> is offset by the news being like, hmm, we sure do wonder why no one has money when there is plenty of strong grain in Africa. <laughs> right. Why Why wouldn't they have money when there's plenty of water and grain? <laughs> Everyone, weird. Yeah, and we're going to meet two characters that are important. And we're, we're not going to learn their names until much later, but we're going to give them to you right away. Uh, we meet Mr. Warnwall. Um, mm -hmm. who I had originally as Mr. Potato Head Plantation Owner Edition. Oh. And also Mr. Steinberg. <laughs> Avich Itsky. Um, who I originally had as somebody cosplaying Steven Novella poorly. Yeah. And you get a feeling that that actor's first crack, he was like, let me tell you, <laughs> No, I like where you're going, but no. No. Little, they told us to dial it back a little. Yeah. Right. And they're arguing, right? Because uh, Wormwall wants to destroy the world's economy. And Steinberg's like, hey, man, last time we did that, it caused World War II. <laughs> we okay? caused World War II, Mr. Steinberg said. <laughs> <gasps> yes. Uh -huh. And yeah, and Steinberg's going like, we don't want to be too greedy. We want to be greedy now, but not too greedy. <laughs> and just then, a secretary comes in with an important note from Mr. Warnwall, to which he turns up and he goes like, gentlemen, I've just been informed that someone is investigating our tax records. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So now it's time to go back to our main character. Our main character's name, by the way, we're going to learn in this scene, is Adam Smith. Adam Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Smith. That's how subtle this movie is going to be. Yeah. So we're at university where the professor, apparently he's taking obsequiously filleting the Federal Reserve 103 or something. Yeah. The professor literally just gives like seven solid minutes of Fed propaganda. <laughs> yes. Right? Which 
A, doesn't make any sense because that's not how history is taught. Because it would be like him just being like, hi, I'm your professor. The post office is the miracle God delivered to man. (laughs) Well, okay, but here's my theory is that the person who wrote this movie knows sermons, does not know college classes, which is why this lecture is so sermon-esque. It's silly. (laughs) right you know he's like the federal reserve is our savior and came down and died on the not the cross fuck what would it die on shit gold train gold train gold train i'm not supposed to know about that shit on the fuck yeah (laughs) it's fucking amazing and and we see adam watching him say this and he's like you fool i'm a college sophomore If only you knew the kind of shit I'd Googled. Yeah. I was really hoping for a uh, God's Not Dead setting here. Just like, I'm sorry, Professor, <laughs> but that's actually lizard gold. Debate me by the end of this. But no, that doesn't. That's not, <laughs> not what happens. Would have been way better. Yeah. Um, and also, we OK, so he talks about how big the Federal Reserve's dick is for a little while. And then he says, oh, and by the way, everyone will be partnered with a hot blonde for your term paper you'll (laughs) share a grade apparently it's weird to randomly assign a term paper partner i had a professor that did that it was a three-person term paper and it was just randomly assigned and it was like your whole fucking grade for the class yeah yeah, right right it's like oh if you want to a you got to drag these two dumb asses with you oh yeah okay so this is also where we're going to meet the love interest kirsten I guess. And this is, look at how badly scripted this movie is. This is the opening interaction with them. Mm-hmm. Adam Smith, depends on who's asking. You just heard you're going to have partners. <laughs> That's not just a thing people say at the beginning of movies, Adam. Yeah. And uh, again, just plodding forward with the stupidity of this script. This is how we have to learn that she's just in it for the grades and doesn't care about learning or whatever. She wants them to just buy a term paper from a professional. We'll write your term paper service. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't want to hear any judgment. 50% (laughs) of the show thinks that that is fine. You know what, man? There's moral absolutes. It's not a popular opinion contest. Let's jump ahead in the movie and have the shoehorned in God discussion. All right. That's just for the people who who watch along. All right. Yeah. And so he's, he's Adam is not super comfortable with this idea of buying the term paper. Also, he can't afford it. Um, So right. she has to have her like Eli as a joke, but not ironic looking down her nose at the poor person thing. She does. She's like, look. We'll just call this a business advantage. Yeah, because we looked up business terminology on the Google, and that (laughs) was the first thing that didn't start with an A, and we thought if we used the A thing, then people would know we were just doing it alphabetically. And this is where the... Okay, so there's a second banana named Cody, right? Yes, uh uh-huh. Cody the coder, by the way, in case you're wondering. Oh, Jesus. He's he's a coder in this movie. He's Cody the coder. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. So Cody the coder, who we have not been introduced to, we have not even seen him as a character. As far as we know, he's just a guy sitting next to Adam, gets crazy close to Adam's face after she said this and goes, I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. OK, so, yeah, now now we have to meet Janelle. 
there, there's not a really a reason why we ever have to meet Janelle. It's she is the most spectacularly useless character we have ever met in a film. Janelle could do and say anything in this movie and none of it would matter. No, nope. she could be on a journey to learn how to juggle. She could, you know, be an oil painter. She could be a guy dressed as a dragon. Literally nothing <laughs> she says or does in this movie affects the rest of this movie. No. So, yeah, so she is uh, apparently Kirsten's roommate. So she comes in. She's like, Janelle, I'm back. And we have to, again, to reinforce what a bitch Kirsten is, we have to see that she got a package from grandma and Kirsten's just like, mm, some kind of weird grandma shit and throws it away, you know? She just shoves it in a drawer. Yeah. This is my last will and testament. It's about how the Jews put all the gold. Oh, oh fuck you. Fuck you, Kirsten. All right. So, and also, okay, so Kirsten and Janelle start talking backstory, as you so often do with your friends. Literally, Janelle opens by going, Kirsten, you know the exposition to my character. <laughs> right, But we know that Janelle is dating a guy named Trevor who has a trust fund that pays out a quarter of a million dollars a year. Mm. And my notes say, uh, lock it down, girl. Yeah, lock right. It, poke some holes in that condom. Yeah. <laughs> Baby yeah. trap. So we get done with Janelle and Kirsten, and now we have to cut to Adam and Cody in their dorm room having a completely useless scene. Right. Although we do have one great moment where he goes, Look, man, the Federal Reserve is a private bank. It's no more federal than the Federal Express. And if you didn't ever dive into conspiracy theories, I can't emphasize enough how much that's a wink to like the conspiracy mm -hmm. theorists in the audience. It's phenomenal. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I already talked to the professor and I'm going to write a paper about how hot jet fuel burns. Yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So now we, we cut to the quad where Adam's roommate can now talk about Kirsten's exposition with Cody, uh, oh God. <laughs> it's literally like the two characters got put together and they're like, so we're the side characters. We don't we don't really have fleshed out personalities <laughs> or motivations. You you want to talk about the main characters? And yes. Oh yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, sure. No, her Ooh. dad works on the board at the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, and Adam had a kid brother or something i don't know yeah right well yeah no that's the next scene actually so <laughs> we move from this scene where one character says to another character yeah kirsten's dad is on the board of governors for the federal reserve then we cut to another scene where kirsten and janelle are playing tennis and janelle is like hey you know in the last scene after it cut away it turned out that adam <laughs> turned down a scholarship to be a super rich lawyer to help his brother who's having trouble in school what a loser <laughs> loser <laughs> Uh, and that is a note, by the way. Every scene in the first half of this movie should end with all characters going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I just have to say this. There is a fantastic moment. I know not everyone watches along. This one's on Pure Flix. You could probably find it in other places, too. But this character was obviously instructed to serve a tennis ball oh. at some point during this scene. And you see the actor being like... Uh, I, I, I throw it in the air and then I fucking hit it like t-ball right just like eh, eh. so she's just awkwardly standing there with a tennis ball in her hand and the racket like 
held up like the Statue of Liberty for the entirety of this exposition. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, and I love too because at first they have this very sloppy everybody referring to it as a game metaphor. And when I say it, I mean just whatever they're talking to uh, talking about it at the time. Um, so she's like, yeah, Adam seems like a smart guy. He just doesn't know how to play the game. And then she delivers this Eli level tennis serve that it's like, yeah, you don't <laughs> also don't know how to play the game. I don't know if you meant for it to be like that. The camera cuts, but there's no question. The ball spikes into the ground directly in front of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So now we get this amazing fucking scene. Okay. So. What's going on here? Adam is talking to Kirsten about this term paper about the Federal uh, Reserve, which he is uncovering conspiracy theory information about. At the same time, the bad guys are watching him through hidden cameras in the library. <laughs> they have gone like ahead of him. Apparently, there's just a guy who walks ahead of him dropping little cameras just in case he goes by there, too. Multiple angles, by yes. the way, like not just one camera, the multiple, like they're getting wide shots. Yes. I wanted a guy <laughs> in the background as they're talking to go by in one of those runner dollies. Just like, <laughs> uh-huh. Don't mind me just looking for books. There's a guy in the fucking basement going, all right, ready, three, go to three. All right, let's cut this in a little tighter, a little tighter, ready, four. Yeah, like the Oscars, they get a shot of him. He gives like one of those nice waves. He's all sweaty and tired looking. (laughs) Half-eaten bag of Skittles in his hand. Why am I never ready for this part of the Oscars? (laughs) I'm the one cutting to this camera, (laughs) goddammit. Yeah, all right. So also, I just have to point this out. They need an, she says at one point, look, we need an A in money and banking. That's the name of the academic field in which they discussed the Federal Reserve Bank, I guess. Yeah, that, fun fact, uh, Ken Ham was going to get his doctorate in money and <laughs> banking, but he went with science instead. Science. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. And, and also we learn here that he has submitted a FOIA request to get to the bottom of the Fed because FOIA requests are where all the best investigation happens. Again, huge nod to the conspiracy theory uh, websites there as well. Oh, God. Yeah. If I if someone had a nickel for every time a crazy guy who went down too deep a hole on Infowars showed up at his local bank and was like, I want all the records. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how much money you have in your account, sir. Sir, your dick is all the way out. (laughs) Well, and see, that's so obviously what this is, right? Because we've got a guy in a library doing dumb person research and thinking about all of the evil Illuminati cameras that must be looking at him at that very moment. That's this movie, right? Right. Absolutely. What these guys think is happening when they're filing their FOIA requests. Anyway, so he's like, uh, yeah, you have to do a bunch of work. Look up this list of rich people. Also, read this 900-page book about the Bolshevik Revolution. (laughs) And now, it was at this point that I really had to do a deep dive into which particular conspiracy theory they were promoting. So I Googled who financed the Bolshevik revolution. And it's just it's like Infowars, World Net Daily. Alex <laughs> Jones is just standing in the background of your Google page going, we got one. <laughs> oh, my God. And by Three the way, it was, it was the Jews. Was the, yeah, uh, it, was, it was us. It was 100% us. And the reasons why get fun. Right. <laughs> 
we should point out, we're going to get like this full conspiracy theory at one point, but we should point out that like the gold on that train, according to a vast amount of people who believe in this story, who believe in this conspiracy theory, is from the center of the earth where reptilians live. Yep. Right. So it's not it's not like they were just like, hey, we got some extra gold lying around. You dig into this and you do get to aliens that live in the core of the earth, which, by the way, is not full of lava. It's full of lizards. Yeah, they exactly. just handed up some gold and they were like, hey, man, let's uh, let's fuck up Russia a little. <laughs> yes. One other moment from this scene I have to point out. He's like, all right, you chunt down the people on this list and I'll keep being a crazy person in the library. <laughs> and she's like, I think I'll do better knowing who's on this list than you. And his reaction is, you think you're better than me? Yeah. And it's it's such a weird off-putting moment. You can see the actress be like, oh, uh, I don't think that's the reading. Uh, I think it's like fun, not super accusatory. <laughs> Okay, next scene. Yeah, we don't do second takes. All right. And, oh, okay, this is the weirdest fucking scene in the entire movie. Or, like, at least not the weirdest, but the one that makes the least sense to be in this movie. Right? Like, there's a lot of movies where this scene would make perfect sense. Just not this one. Mm -hmm. We have a character who we've never met. He's mm -hmm. on the phone saying, I found the corruption. And then a bad guy comes down and kills him. Uh, would we say bad guy or would we say bad boy? <laughs> This is a 13-year-old. Yeah, it's a 13-year-old. <laughs> also, his, his gun makes a 13-year-old's gun sound. Pew! <laughs> uh, he's also got a Britney mic for some what? reason. He's got, he's got like a, a mouth yes. <laughs> What the fuck is going on here? But yeah, like literally in this scene, we meet a character. This character gets killed. We will never refer to this again. Nope. All we have to learn, I guess what we're learning here is these guys will kill you if you find out. Yep, that's all. I, I who the fuck knows? Anyway, so but see, this fits into a theory I have that the production company that they hired was just like milking them for every dollar. Like they had a big inheritance, the guys who wrote and directed this movie or whatever, and they're like, you know, yeah, no, you're gonna need a whole nother scene for that. I feel like we're gonna need to do an exterior. We're gonna need to do two exterior shots for that case. I'm gonna make us rich. Yeah. <laughs> And that comes up, by the way, over and over again in this movie. I'm, I'm actually kind of serious about that. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, no, fuck. It comes up in the very next scene, right? This Because this is the diner scene with uh, the, the skull and bones initiate who doesn't really want to get in, meeting with stuffy financier from the 1970s live action Disney film in some fucking outdoor cafe for a scene that will never mean anything. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, like I have to point it out because eventually this character, Byron, is the skull and bones guy, uh, will come back into the movie just sort of just surprise. I'm Byron. I have a, a backstory we didn't really get to, apparently. Um, but we have to, like, introduce the fact that he is in this incredibly useless eight second scene right now. Yep. And speaking of useless characters, uh, now we have to go back to Kirsten and Janelle. Right? right, with their unironic punchlines from Eli's snob character conversation. And that's literally all they do in this scene is she's like, Janelle, what are you doing? You can't go to the lake house with Trevor. And she's like, no, you know, I'm just playing the game. You're playing the game? I'm playing the game. Except there's, and, and that's the whole scene, except 
there's one amazing scene where Kirsten goes, he left you stranded the other night. And she's like, yeah, but he apologized. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait I'm sorry. I have questions. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> where did he leave you stranded? He was just like, hey, would you uh check the taillight? Is it out? Peels away. God. <laughs> Fuck, I'm on I-95. <laughs> Fucking Trevor. It's, just, it's a very weird piece of color to put in the movie. Yeah, with not yeah, exactly. As much as this movie loves backstory, a lot of time it doesn't give it to you when you need it. Um also the ending of this scene is so insane. So they have this whole conversation, which is clearly like basically Kirsten saying, No, you shouldn't fuck Trevor, he's just using you for your vagina. And she's like, It's okay, I'm using him for his lake house. What, what the fuck? Yeah, um, they, wins. yeah, they have a little mwahaha at the end of it. But then we cut to Janelle late that night sleeping, fully dressed apparently. She gets a text and sits up and that scene is over. Yep. Well, there, well that was that was from Trevor, see? And now she's oh. going to get in the car with Trevor. Uh, yes, right. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. Then they go driving fast in the city and we have this, this honestly this this needs to be on Christian movie bingo card 2.0 we they have the we couldn't afford to wreck a car wreck oh absolutely yes they they it's literally just bright lights and then someone throws saran wrap at the window like it is, you have no idea what happened and then that character is fucking dead Janelle we will never yeah. see her again She'll have a funeral two scenes from now, but then we will never refer to her. Everyone will be over her death immediately and she will never have mattered. Yeah. It's the only thing that, I, and now Adam comes in and they have like a, it's her fault for being dead conversation. Well, it's her fault for like, you, you know, like letting that man use her for casual sex instead of waiting for him to put a ring on it. I guess she, she keeps talking about how it turns out Trevor wasn't even rich. Like she, her friend is dead and she keeps going to like, and he wasn't even rich. And he's like, yeah, no, it's sad. Your friend is no longer alive. And like had no money. None. You understand what I'm saying? None. You can smell the poor. I should have known it. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. So Adam at least kind of tries to explain to her that um, it's not her fault. And in this movie's classic fashion of splitting the same conversation into three different shots so that the production company could make more money, um, this conversation suddenly continues. We are at a church, right? They're getting ready for Janelle's funeral and Adam and Kirsten are, are sitting on the steps here, continuing the conversation they were just having in the last scene. Yep. And I have to, this is so amazing. There's a moment in this scene where, the, of course, the Illuminati are keeping a close eye on these guys, what with the FOIA request and whatnot. So there's a scene where a dude peeks out from behind a tree <laughs> and takes big, a picture of them. It's, it's, it's total comedy. He is behind a twig and he's like, <laughs> with one of those, he's got one of those 1920s cameras. Like, <laughs> yeah, with a full light bulb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then sneaks back behind this twig. It is hilarious. Uh, and this is where he says like, yeah, I was lost once too. And I was like, oh, please find Jesus. I would I would like this to be a Christian movie. He does. Don't worry. Oh, he does. My fucking... And there is no possible way to explain how unsubtle and stupid this film is except for, to, for us to let you experience it for yourself. So keeping in mind that these two characters were sitting on a church step waiting for a funeral to start. Let's give Adam's bad boy backstory coming to Jesus moment a quick listen, shall we? I was 
I was lost once too, Kirsten. I had no dad. I had no purpose growing up. And my life seemed hopeless. In the inner city where I grew up, if you didn't join the gangs, you, you most likely died by them. But once you joined, it was a life of despair and loneliness and hopelessness. Where did you find answers? And the camera pans up to the cross at the top of the door yes. as this is happening. Yeah, and it's not a big cross either. This is very much not a big church. So it's just like a, and there it is. <laughs> it's so fucking it, bad. Oh, I love it. Also, I love it. Also, so the, this kid. Okay, we have to point out how incredible you can tell from the voice, but how incredibly white and not gang this kid is. Absolutely. I really was hoping this kid would be like, nah, mean. I remember the night they did a drive-by on Squiggy. <laughs> oh, Squiggy, how I loved you. <laughs> Jesus My, Christ. Nope, nope, cuts the movie. <laughs> and now we're having uh, dinner with Kirsten's parents. Apparently he's there with Kirsten's parents and her. I, I, are they dating now? Who the fuck knows? Okay, okay. So this is a fancy house. And as a way to show it's a fancy oh, house. yes. He has three salad forks <laughs> because the idiots who made this movie think that fancy dinner just means having multiple forks. Yes. It is, by the way, fish fork, dinner fork, salad fork with the oyster fork on the far right, depending on if you're eating English. But the point is they're wrong. They're wrong. It's, not, it's not multiple forks. It is different kinds of forks for different dishes. I don't want to get into it. So, and also, this is supposed to be a funny scene because we've learned that, that Kirsten's parents... Uh, their dad, anyway, works for the for, for the Federal Reserve. He's on the board of governors. Now, it's worth pointing out that that Adam Smith's character is obsessed with this. His roommate and best friend Cody knows he's obsessed with this, and his roommate and best friend Cody knows that her dad is on the board of governors of the Federal Reserve, right? Because that's how we learned when he learned. Apparently. Uh, Adam does not have this information and he's talking about what a bunch of crooks the Fed are and he's talking to one of the guys who's on the board of governors, teehee. But it, it's it's supposed to be like a meet the parents level awkward. Yeah. But it, it's not because he's like, oh, I mean, they're all a bunch of blood drinkers. Have you read the uh, right? Have you read this? Have you read the blood <laughs> Bible? It's, it's really important. And he's like, huh, I'd sure like to see that. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is it's supposed to be this whole like, you know, awkward. Oh, you shouldn't say that around dad. But this is like you shouldn't say that around anybody. Right. It's just he's just nakedly discussing anti-Semitic conspiracy theories at the table <laughs> in Long Island. It's phenomenal. So we cut to Kirsten and she's like pouty stomping out to the pool <laughs> yes. like i can't believe you embarrassed me by calling my dad a secret jew lizard <laughs> <laughs> also when they go out to the pool picture snappy guy is Still in there. her backyard <laughs> behind, behind a tree. smaller tree yes. he is behind yes. smaller trees in each scene if you're wondering hey at some point will the people following them just be fucking standing there yes yes, yes they, they will, will. <laughs> 
no, we're behind this fig leaf. Um, yeah. So yeah, there is apparently a, a, a gentleman in a black suit with a giant camera just hiding in this backyard and just moving around the tree as people walk by until he gets, yeah, whatever. Okay. So, and, and, oh, and she pushes him in the pool because they rented the pool. God damn it. Someone was getting in it. And then we go back to the bad guy boardroom. Now, the bad guys are super worried because the kid who is investigating their taxes is now at the home of Dr. Stanford of the Fed. <laughs> and this guy, Wormwood, is so wor wormhole, whatever his name is, <laughs> is so worried that this college student is going to bring him down. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, that, again, this is the conspiracy theory uh, 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 wet dream. Wet dream. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they know I'm on to them. Exactly. Um, One man and his blog is going to bring us all <laughs> crumbling to the ground. Exactly. And now we're back in the library uh, so that we can talk about the central conflict about whether or not morals are absolute in a world without God. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, boy, does that sound unrelated to everything that's happening. You would be correct. You would be correct. And I would have an easier time following this conversation if there weren't a spy wearing sunglasses indoors, indoors <laughs> yes. in this library, just standing next to him, staring at him. <laughs> no tree, nothing blocking him. Just a full grown man wearing sunglasses, <laughs> looking. Occasionally peeking around the corner of the shelves like a fucking cartoon. <laughs> right, like if he was dressed as a bush, this would be no more cartoony. Right, we need a dun 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 <laughs> for the movie. It is hilarious. I would love to to redo the soundtrack for this movie, but I honestly couldn't have made it any any more cheesy and overblown than the guy who actually did it, right? Because this is where, like, Adam has his whole big, no, because when God makes the rules, there can be true justice speech, and the music is just impossibly... <laughs> anyway, yeah, and, and, of course, this leads to Kirsten's amazing parting line of, but how can you believe in God and be successful, <laughs> Cut to Joel Osteen going, no fucking clue, bro. Am I right? I don't, I don't uh, know. I'm not sure. You going to eat those teeth? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they leave the, the library. And this is where Adam realizes that he's being followed. He's like, you know, I noticed a lot of guys in Blues Brothers suits peeking around corners at me. I, I think maybe mm. something's up. My experiences from the ghetto, let me know. <laughs> yeah, that's I've actually got a what spider sense for other white guys, apparently. <laughs> also, I, I have to point this out. Okay, this is so unrelated to the movie because he's going to need his roommate, Cody, the, the coder, the geeky guy, uh, to help him out here. So we have to cut over real quick to him and his geeky friend doing smart geeky stuff. And I just have to take a second to explain what they're doing. This oh, is right. my favorite like impossibly stupid indicator of what dumb people think smart people do moment in any film or TV show ever. So it's two nerds. One of them is reading an algebraic equation to the other. Okay. The other, so far, so good. So yeah, far, the, so good. The other is soldering shit onto a motherboard based on this equation, right? Like, so he'll say, okay, so, <laughs> 
plus X squared, and the guy will go, okay, and he'll solder a specific point <laughs> on the. Th that's what smart people do. He's soldering the math into the uh, microchip. Yeah, that's yeah, how sense. it knows how to do those. I know operations. very little things. That makes sense to me. You gotta put the math. <laughs> how else would the math get into the computer, Noah? <laughs> I don't know. It's Oh my, I love that so fucking much. Anyway, like I said, completely unrelated, but that was so amazing. Um, and, and I feel, I already feel bad enough for Heath. I have to mention that. <laughs> right. And they, th then the main characters come and he's like, Hey, uh, Cody, I need you to go distract this spy who might be a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind, just run some interference for me. And also, this is how unclever, how profoundly unclever the writers of this are. They they need their characters to get away from the bad guys using some clever trick. And the clever trick is he calls his buddy Cody and says, hey, can you ask this guy for directions or something? Yeah, he's just like, hi, do you know where to get a party store? And the guy's like, what? And he's like, all right, this scene's over. <laughs> yes. That's it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now the bad guys are, are drinking and colluding and stuff and, and realizing that somehow Adam Smith knows the names of all the people in their group. And again, ha. every scene between these characters is just, God damn, this man is good. He thinks we are bad. Yeah, he knows it was really the Jews. Um, okay, so now we've got Kirsten and Adam chilling at his dorm, still researching uh, the 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 Fed. You know, go, getting on fucking Infowars or whatever. When the roommate comes up and he says, "Hey, there's a black bad guy SUV out front. Been there all day. Weird." Yeah. Black SUV out the window with secret conspiracy written on the side. Is that it, something we should worry about or is that no? I mean, the right. bad guys in this movie would be invulnerable if they didn't just dress up like bad guys and drive bad guy cars, right? <laughs> They're having a costuming meeting. Hey, uh, I've been meaning to say this. What about like shorts and a t-shirt? Huh? <laughs> Make us a little more subtle? I mean, then I would be a guy who should be out taking <laughs> pictures in a rich person's backyard. Never mind. You know what? Never mind. I guess it doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, so also, by the way, the bad guys are, are like talking to the boss or whatever from the, S, uh, from the SUV. And basically the boss is saying, yeah, we're probably going to have to murder the shit out of these guys, but not now. Like maybe act three ish. Maybe. I'll tell you what. When are you guys killing Seth Rich? Okay. Eight <laughs> right, so free, don't go straight home because I might want to have you kill this guy after you murder Seth Rich. And that FBI agent who killed himself. Oh, that guy God. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now apparently Adam's left the room. Cody and Kristen are there. And Kristen is having that like, oh, Adam's off screen. I have to talk about him now. That's my only purpose in this film moment. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see they're passing the Bechdel test, assuming Cody's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they're not even trying. Um, and and also, she's like, uh, Cody, can you please discuss Adam's backstory in detail? And he's like, Oh, I can't. Otherwise, there would be no suspense about it. Bye. It's so funny. He goes, Oh yeah, I can tell you about. Oops, gotta go. And she's like, I'm sorry. Is that comedy? I don't. Is that a why wouldn't you comedy? tell me? Yeah. He, he goes, He's a man of strong passion, and then just walks out of the room. She's like, Wait, does that mean he's gay? Hold on. Is that Hold Come on. on, be clear. What is that? Oh, <laughs> but it's, it's what she decides to do now that she's got the room to herself is root through all his shit because she has a vagina. Um, and this is where she comes across his grail diary. Yep. Takes a few pictures of it. Mm hmm. 
Uh, that's going to come back, just so you know. In an amazing and technologically stupid way. Yeah. Um, but now, for now, it's time for him to show back up and explain more conspiracy theories uh, about how the Jews financed the Bolshevik Revolution. Right. And let me let me save you some time. It's impossible that rich people during World War One would have used nepotism. <laughs> Therefore, there must be an Illuminati. Yes, that's the logic yeah. of this film. Guys, I, I I don't know how to break this to you, but um, rich people help each other out. That's the thing. <laughs> that's it's, uh, <laughs> so... not, a, not a meritocracy. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Justice Department is working on it now. They are working <laughs> on it to stop. I'm going to get all choked up because for too long, every time I saw a black kid at college, I thought, God damn it, what white kid should have been there? Oh, I don't want to... I'm getting teary on the air. Um, <laughs> not the place. This is the joke part of the show, and I don't want to get too serious. See, what's going on is is he's still convinced that uh, Trump is going to fire Jeff Sessions and need an immoral person, and he's like, God damn it, that's me. Um, so that, that's, that's Eli applying for a job in the administration. Would we be surprised if I replaced the mooch? <laughs> if my on-show character replaced the mooch, I'd be like, yeah. That's the fake me. No, yep. that means that, that is better sense. than the mooch. I think the fake me actually doesn't act as badly no, I said, as the mooch. I did. wanted a fuck a child, not him, not Trump. He's yeah. way better than me. Also, okay, shifting back to the movie, I have to throw this line out here because based on the music and the setup and everything, they clearly thought this was profound. And I love dumb people trying to be smart. Um, mm -hmm. This is the line. He says, history is the shadow of what we live in today. But what we do can change the history of tomorrow. <laughs> and the what? Music, uh, and again, that makes no sense, but the music in the background is like... Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's his uh, Independence Day speech. Yeah, right. That's exactly what they thought they had right there. He's like, ooh, Shadow makes it sound smart. <laughs> um, so now they have to, I guess, talk his roommate Cody into coding, right? They need somebody to go through all the Fed data he got from his FOIA request and find out, quote, if there's anything fishy in there. Yeah, can you look at all the transactions of the Fed and see if there's any fishy transactions? <laughs> and and by the way, he's not like, uh, that's fucking impossible. He's like, I'm going to need some Doritos. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So and, and of course, this has the bad guy sweating, right? Mr. Warnwall, you know, doesn't think 30 year old fake gray hair guy is taking this seriously enough. It's so he's like, look, man, we control all of politics. By the way, are you having a happy Hanukkah? Just wondering <laughs> what you get for the third night. Just want to know. And and literally, it is me and Noah's conversations. Just like you are too eager to kill. Come on, kill <laughs> teenager. No, no killing a teen. I expected Andrew to jump in and be like, "Hey, fellas, I'm going to need you to clarify these are jokes." Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, no, and again, this is this is such an amazing like this. Some people actually believe there are two people having this conversation, right? Where he's going like, "Look, we create wars and starvations all the time, Jaime. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it's not it, it. You know, it, that's no different than killing this one kid, right?" And the other guy's <laughs> like, "Oh, you got me there, Oye, yeah. 
That's a good point, Schmeckle. Yeah. Oh, God. So, all right. So now we have to have this moment where we realize that Kirsten is starting to trust Adam because she's like on the phone canceling her paid term paper plans that she didn't tell him about. Stupid. Stupid. Right. No, it is. Because like when the fucking she gets the paper back and all of the citations are Infowars, she's going (laughs) to realize that this is not an A plus paper. Oh, you you get an F. And also, I think you need to see a doctor. (laughs) Uh, You wrote a whole section about how you were being followed while you wrote this. (laughs) Yeah, we went ahead and called your parents, sweetie. I know. Yeah, no, his dad's very much alive. He's just been concerned. Um, no, it was just some crazy Russian lady at the train station. His parents were back home. Here, please take envelope. It's full of my poop. <laughs> oh, mom. At least he got a care package. Mom. Mom, yeah. I know you listen to the show. Never <laughs> sent me a care package. Oh, Never. Yeah. Yeah, pity me. I had a terrible childhood. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, neither did my mother while I was in college, and it never occurred to me to think about, but yeah. I was struggling for my education at NYU, uh, which was entirely paid for by other people, and yeah, I thought a- to myself, oh, a care package. What a hard <laughs> life I live. <laughs> we have listeners who are like truck drivers working four jobs. You're all so patient. <laughs> Oh, that funny feller, he sure do make a lot of jokes about how much money I give him. He sure do humor himself a lot with that joke. Especially on account of he seems to think I sound like this. Okay, Um, but a lot of them do. I get their Facebook messages. So let's not pretend that I've got a bunch of New England listeners going on. All right. And not just because of how much I hate Boston. There's a lot of you. A lot of you sound like the beginning of deliverance. Let's just be real with each other. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying you are, but you sound that. I, I was at Reason Con and a lot, every time someone said my name, I ducked. That's all I'm saying. Just, <laughs> he expected it, the Jew to follow it. Yeah. Right. Speaking of which, let's get Sometimes back to the movie did. here. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so Heath isn't here to keep us on track. Yeah. Right. Precisely. So, yeah. So, Cody now has found something important because one of the companies, the companies is Mm -hmm. making way too much money. They just can't tell which one it is unless they break into the Fed, go to the eighth floor, find a computer programmer that works there that could help them and talk him into helping them. Right. And this is supposed to be a like, oh, sure, you could break into the casino, right? Ocean's right, 11 yeah. moment mm-hmm. where it's like, you got to get past the lasers and then there's dogs made of fire. And you gotta, <laughs> but it's just like you would need a guest pass. Yes. And well, and then the immediate next scene is them breaking in. And it's just like, wait, do you have IDs? Oh, I'm here to see my friend. Oh, OK. Well, oh, let me get you, yeah, a, you, let me get you a pass. There you go. Get you a day pass. There you go. Um, and this yep. is where we're going to re-meet up with the Byron character that we met randomly for two seconds before Janelle died. Um, mm-hmm. the, Byron is a programmer that could tell them exactly all the stuff that we need to know, who apparently has a crush on Kirsten, so much so that he has a her yearbook picture hanging up in his cubicle. He does, which is very upsetting. Very creepy. Yep. Um, yeah, but they don't bother to tell us about any of this. It's just like, yeah, no, I know a guy who's got a crush on me. He's kind of my stalker and everything, but he does work there. Yeah. So they just walk in. They're just like, hey, man, do you mind if we uh, 
access the financial records of the Fed? And he's like, oh, sure. What are you doing Friday, guy? (laughs) And this is where he they learn the name of the company that is the 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 bad guys. Apparently, that is Duncan's investment, because that's what the names of investment firms sound like. Yeah. Duncan Investments. Oh, my. How amazing would it be if this was Dunkin Donuts? <laughs> I, what would that be like? That'd be like? That'd be like. But I don't understand. What is the Duncan Corporation? <gasps> Very good, Mr. Smith. Very good. How did you? Who, who are you? <laughs> Theodore Duncan of the Duncan Corporation. But how did you get all this money? Oh, oh Mr. Smith, don't you know America runs on Duncan? No! Yes, Mr. Smith, while white girls are slurping down their frappuccinos, we've been serving cup after cup of chemically altered coffee. To gross poor people by the millions. It can't be. It can't be. Lots of people just make coffee at home. Do they, Mr. Smith? Or do they go to Dunkin' Donuts that's run by an Indian family? Or or maybe they're not a family, but you feel racist for thinking they're a family? Do they do that because it's quicker? And, and, And the donuts? One of the highest margin foods in the world, Mr. Smith. Before the Boston Tea Party, there was the Boston Cream Filling. You... Bastards. Are they a family, though? (laughs) I don't know. That is what that would be like. Um, (laughs) So so good. All right. So also, we have to have this pointless fucking scene. And I I thought I actually went through this, uh, the the notes and I was like, no, this scene's pointless. We don't really have to talk about this one. But that was all the scenes, and, and, and then there was no script left, so I had to put it, all of them back. Um, because there's this scene here where they're in the Fed, right? They're coming down. The bad guys are coming up, right? The, the Matrix reject bad guys that have been following them are coming up. Oh, the tension. But the security guard stops the three bad guys and says, oh, you guys don't have day passes. <laughs> do, you know a, Just... a, see, do you know a programmer's name that works on the eighth floor? Because that would do it. Yeah, it's supposed to be comedy because, like, the the worm wall guy calls ahead and he's like, don't let those three in. But the security guard thinks he means his guys. And because the three of them. All right. Yeah. And now now it is time for Byron to commit suicide. He literally walks in and he's like, oh, hey, boss, I found some accounting irregularities. And also, (laughs) uh, my skull isn't bulletproof. (laughs) And his boss could not be more suspicious. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, thanks. Uh, Hey, what's that over there on that tarp? (laughs) No. If you you laid down down. there and looked under, I bet you could see it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. His boss doesn't want to hear about his bullshit accounting bullshit. He's like, I'm going to fire your ass if you try to find accounting irregularities in our software. (laughs) Anyway, for good reasons, good reasons and, and stuff. I'm. I'm going to fire you. This is the least suspicious way to behave in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, all right. So for we, we have to cut from there now to, uh, again, a completely pointless, pointless scene. This is where Adam is meeting with that professor of dollar type stuff ology from the class. 
mm-hmm. and asking him, like, he wants to dig in deep on the Fed. And he's like, man, hey, do you think people with money have too much power? And, and the, the, the fucking professor says, well, Adam Smith, the character, let me tell you about Adam Smith, the economist. We're not even trying. <laughs> oh. Also, by the way, the professor, his acting is bad for this movie. Oh, he seems afraid of camera. He told me he was a like a bushman who like had dragged on camera and he was like, fuck, you got my soul now, but fine. Fine. Yeah, well, if you told me he spoke no English and was just phonetically sounding this out or something, I could have believed gun that. Point. At gunpoint, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so yeah, and also by the way, the 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 line at the end of this basically that closes this scene is the professor going I don't think there's ever been any evidence of rich people being corrupt. If only someone could find some, some young plucky gang of investigators could find some. Yep. So, all right, now we cut back to Byron, who is now going to be a major character in this movie from here on out. Obviously. Um, And this is where he overhears his boss. His boss is having this conversation with his door open in his office. Yeah, Byron find out, found out about all our embezzlement and criminal activities. Don't worry, I'll fire him and possibly murder him. Of course, <laughs> but Byron overhears that. He's like, Karen, Karen, are we doing Byron's birthday this week? Yeah, you can cancel that cake. I'm going to have him fired and murdered. Yeah, fired and murdered. No, fired for real. And mur- I'll email you. I'll email you. <laughs> Honestly, uh, Karen, when I call you, can you just come in here? Because I, I don't like shouting. All right, Karen. <laughs> but of course, since Byron has heard all ab- uh, about all of that, he has time to program all the numbers with his typing before they can fire him. And then he sneaks out of the, which is not supposed to be comedy, but he's like, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, even though nothing is happening. Yeah, okay, so now we go to Adam and Kirsten and Byron meeting. I felt bad for Byron because he only asked to meet with Kirsten. Obviously, Adam's there cock blocking. Oh, God. How many times? Just like, yeah, we should totally hang out. Can I bring my boyfriend? Oh, oh yes. Oh, my. I love him. I love hanging out that with you, you guys. have a boyfriend. That's nice. The three amigos. That's us. <laughs> the three amigos. I brought flowers for you two. <laughs> I, oh, man. This is fun. <laughs> I should eat less bread. I feel like this doesn't happen to people who eat bread when they're sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So also, okay. So during this conversation, we introduced this movie's ticking clock that makes zero fucking sense and is insane and is shoehorned in at the last <laughs> minute. Oh my God. I'm so excited for this. Okay. They are, we have to get the, the download done by Friday because after Friday, the Federal Reserve is going to change all of their computers. What? Which apparently means that the information that was on them won't be there anymore. Yep. They're just going to start over with no data of like previous transactions with the Fed. I want to see that announcement. Just like, uh, hey, folks, we're uh, doing a hard reset on the Federal Reserve. <laughs> Uh, we're we're unplugging it and plugging it back in again. <laughs> Starting uh, at zero. It's just a little. It's a little slow, you know. 
Uh, we think there's probably a lot of cookies at this point. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to unplug the single largest monitoring of the world's money. You all seem upset. You all look sad. What's going on? I was also going to announce that we're introducing a $3 bill, but I feel like <laughs> feel like everyone has too many questions for me to get around to that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's the ticking clock. They're switching out the computers at 5 p.m. on Friday. The whole Fed all over the country, they're switching out their computers, and that's when they need to have the information by or whatever. So now it's time for an exciting looking at spreadsheet scene. Oh, my God. They, I had no fucking idea what was going on. And by the way, neither did Cody. No. Cody, the character at one point, is like, I'm sorry, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> they have the money. They don't have the money. They're buying. I, I have no idea. No, yeah, exactly. Well, but, but that's just the thing. This is one of those movies where they can't go deep. Into, you remember one of the very first reviews we ever did before God Awful Movie started when we were still just doing this unscathing. We had that movie uh, Persecuted about the the the... Uh, legislation that if it passed Christianity was doomed or whatever but they yes. could never say what the legislation was because it was obviously an anti-gay thing when they first wrote it and then mm -hmm. had to write around it this movie suffers from that same thing we are never told what the Fed is doing or what the bad guys are doing or anything like that because if they gave us any details they would be tipping the hand of the anti-Semitism too much Exactly. And literally, just to show you how nonsensical this is, at one point, the guy's like, and that would do it. And Cody goes, like, shooting ducks in a pond. Yeah. What? That's fish in a barrel. Fish in a barrel. <laughs> ducks it in would, a pond is hard. Well, it would be easier than ducks er, flying. Yeah. But, but ducks, yes. yes. <laughs> not in a pond? Ducks in a barrel. Ducks in a barrel seems easier. <laughs> Even than fish. So, yeah, and also to give you an idea of just how badly done this this movie is, at this point, they're like, well, good luck finding all the discrepancies, Cody. We got to go. But then the next time we see the three characters, they'll all be together. Yep. So, yeah, that's how much attention they're paying. But before we can do that, we have to go back to Bad Guy HQ. Right, where they are still worried about these teenagers. But this is where we learn that Steinberg's name is Steinberg, and that's... That's really yes. great. <laughs> well, and the way we learn this is, again, with them flirting with the conspiracy theory without saying it, um, because Mr. Steinberg says, if they figure out how the Fed is financed, there will be a riot in the streets. Mm. What group, what ethnicity, well, not exactly ethnicity, it's more of a cultural thing, but not really <laughs> a religious thing. If, they, if that group is discovered, why, there could be pogroms. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, now we go back. Cody's found something. Um, Jesus. And just in case you didn't hate Adam's character enough, he's sitting there playing the two chords he knows on guitar over and over we, again. We both have notes about this. Mine is, hey, Adam, do you know any songs? No? Then this is private time for you, Adam. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> You're sub guitar guy at the party, goddammit. You're below that. At least that guy knows Blackbird. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they, they have a whole scene where they're basically like figuring out that they need to figure some more stuff out. Yep. Uh, and they go to Adam's room and it's been it's been trashed. It's been all oh, ransacked by the bad guys who are looking for the information or something. Right. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this is where the, the, the Kirsten delivers this amazing line where she's like, you have the whole financial world after us. You've endangered my life, 
my family, and possibly my whole educational experience. <laughs> that is like literally the line. Those are in a weird order, right? <laughs> right. It's like my life, my family, and my outfit. If I get shot, it'll ruin this shirt. Obviously, Adam Smith, the main character of this movie, <laughs> next to Cody the coder. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, so Cody sees bad guys out the window again, and they so they need to get away. So they need some sort of distraction. What could be the least clever possible way that they could create a distraction in this film? Uh, announcing that trans people aren't allowed to serve in the military. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, that's bad, but it's not unoriginal. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, no, the way they get the, the distraction they create is Cody runs away until he outruns them and well, then he comes back away. and they so that's leave. Just that's just running away. Yeah, <laughs> if you get away, you didn't need the distraction. You no. were just able to outrun <laughs> these people. That's all that happened. I love it so fucking much. They're like, we need a distraction. And then they cut to him running around like an asshole for a little while. I was like, well, but then you guys left together. If he did that and then you guys left, that would be a distraction. That would actually make sense, I guess. But since this script isn't sophisticated enough for stuff like that or for things like act breaks, we're just going to pause here because why the fuck not? But first, let me give act the last third of the pages, the hard sell here. Who really did fund the Bolshevik revolution? How did all that nanothermite get into the wreckage of Building 7 then? Why did the Iranians kill Michael Jackson? Find out the answers to these questions, or at least questions like this, when we return for the posthumously flogged conclusion of Creed of Gold. Hey, Alan. Hey, Terry, what's up? Well, look, man, it's it's about the movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we really love it. I mean, Creed uh, of Gold, so cool. We're just awesome. Yeah, awesome. A, a little worried that people might get offended. Uh, offended by uh, the Jew stuff. Oh, oh, really? The Jew stuff? Yeah, I don't get it either. So, look, I huh. ran a quick find and replace through the script and put in the word Bolshevik instead. So, shouldn't be a problem. All right, let me see. Uh, Stop, you dirty Bolshevik bastard, said Tony. Okay, yeah, I'll teach you to stick your dirty Bolshevik nose into my business. No, I like it. I like it. It still reads good. Yeah, yeah, me too. We are inches from Nazism. Oh, I am already there. Yeah. <laughs> this is so bad. And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes... They had cleverly evaded their pursuers by running away from them. And if you were inclined to give the, uh, the, the, the writer a break and say, look, he needed some way for them to get away from the bad guys for the next scene and he just couldn't come up with anything, you would be wrong because in the next scene, the bad guys are still right behind them. Right? They never lost them. <laughs> but, but we are now going to get, I would say, top 10 most beautiful moments of <laughs> any of the movies we've watched. This is the we cannot afford literally anything level card chase. Oh my, they can barely afford to film a moving vehicle. It is just screeching sounds and things that have to do with cars. That is it. No, yeah, right. Like, like, and the screeching tire sounds don't even match up to when they're turning or anything. They're just driving down a fucking, 
a street and it's going, it's crazy. It's amazing. Oh, so good. So they get to the FBI where they meet Agent Zimmer. Zimmer. Just I pulled that name out of the blue, I guess. You know, Zimmer. I guess Rosenberg was busy that day. And this agent is entirely open to hearing from college students. She lets them into her office. She's like, oh, yeah, you guys say the uh, the Fed is filled with secret Jew gold? Yeah, come on in. <laughs> Water, juice, the blood of the innocent, anything? No? She, and this actress, by the way, the only person in the movie worse than her is the professor. Yeah. She is spectacularly terrible. Um, but basically, she we we learn very early on that she's in on the conspiracy, too, because she's like, yeah, no, Cody, I'll take your computer as evidence <laughs> now and I'll keep it. I'll just take this. That's what we do with non-child porn cases. We just take <laughs> yeah. this. All this is mine now. The evidence that you have and your video games and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so they all the the gang heads downstairs. Mm-hmm. Because I guess they've lost the bad guys in that car chase or something. And Cody and Christian are sure that they've won now, but Adam's not so certain. Yeah, he's like, something tells me this isn't over yet. There are like 40 minutes left in the movie. So I think probably got with credits like 30 minutes. So yeah, this, this isn't over yet. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay. So later on, we get Kirsten. Now, as you'll recall, she got his Grail diary earlier and took some pictures. Apparently, one of the pictures she took was a handwritten letter in Russian, mm-hmm. which she now uses Google Translate to translate from a handwritten. Like you do. Like you do. Cyrillic. Yeah. You know, like you do. Uh, also, <laughs> amazing moment. We learn that they have hard copies. This is this is real. They have hard copies of all the transactions at a warehouse somewhere the fed all the transactions the fed has made they have printed out on paper and put in a warehouse somewhere all mm-hmm. the transactions and by the way this is not transactions do they think yeah i mean yeah if you're <laughs> picturing the last scene from raiders of the lost ark here no we're talking about like my storage locker when i lived in new york <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Is it Manhattan storage? Uh, uh, this one, <laughs> I keep my bike and all of the transactions of the Fed here. Don't you have on a computer? That seems like a waste of paper. No, 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 no. Well, you case. know, in case they switch out all the computers, I want to make sure the you information is right. still there. Oh my God, they are actually, oh, that's fucking amazing. I forgot they're switching out the computers. We should make that warehouse mean nothing. Yes. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So we cut to, now Byron, remember him? He's at that warehouse now because apparently he had the Fed keys. You know, he works at the Fed, so he has the keys to the Fed. Um, And while he's there, he calls Kirsten and he's like, I found more evidence. Here's a piece of paper that shows that the bad guys are giving my boss money. We write that down on paper and keep it in a box. Yeah, I got this box. It says uh, list of evil stuff. Do not show people. <laughs> but while he's on the line there, three bad guys in bad guy suits show up. <laughs> and they're going to murder. They're here to murder him. But first, they must deeply explain the plot, including the fact that the FBI has double crossed them. Yeah, while he's on the phone. Like, he, they see him on the phone. Yeah. He puts the phone, like, next to him. He does not turn it off. They are aware that he's still on the phone, and they're just like, let me explain my evil plan. Yes. 
Yeah, so Christian overhears all of it, including the pew-pew when they kill Byron. Okay, can we talk about her terribly active reaction? <laughs> I said her, her terribly reaction to him being murdered is my every... My wife makes bigger reactions to life. Yeah, just randomly, just. <laughs> my wife walks around our apartment and starts screaming. And I'm like, what? And she's like, there's the hat. And I'm like, what is that? Okay, this girl, she's just, she's just like, oh, oh, a murder. Mm, unpleasant. Distasteful. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought that Eli joke went a little too far. Like, I have seen, I have seen bigger reactions from listeners who thought maybe you went a little too far over the I want to fuck a child <laughs> jokes than this woman manages for my the guy who had a crush on me just got murdered doing something I asked him to do. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. This is like, like, honestly, like you would probably walk up to your friend after the community theater performance and say, have you thought about painting? <laughs> I feel like you'd be good at painting because you can just keep doing it over and over until you get it right before anyone has to see it. Oh my gosh, that was the shit. The <laughs> shit. Uh, also, the bad guys here, there's just a, a quick phone call. They're like, hey, we killed the guy. The bad guys say, uh, they'll be under surveillance for the next 25 hours. So, you know, not just a day, 25 hours. <laughs> and this is where Wormhole goes, uh, I don't want to have to kill the girl. Her father's on the board and... You know, that's going to make the golf social super awkward. <laughs> just like, how was your year, Dan? Well, my daughter's dead. Wormhole. Yeah. Wormhole. My daughter. Oh. I also, I love to, because he's, because his message here is like, I don't want to kill the girl, but like, you know, this is not a hard line. I don't really not want to kill her either. So like, I, I, that option is open to you. What uh, do you uh, guys feel like doing? Do you feel like killing the girl? I don't want to be the one who makes the decisions. Oh my God, just tell me if you want me to kill the girl. No, what do you feel like? I'm, just, I'm asking you. You want me to kill the girl. Just say you want me to. No, I don't want you to kill the girl if you don't want to. It's obvious you don't want to. Now. All right, so now... Adam and Cody show up at Kirsten's place so she can fill them in on the murder and the monologuing. Mm -hmm. So they need to leave right now. So they do. Meanwhile, at the warehouse, it is time for a vultures of horror level explosion to get rid of the evidence. Except, except for Byron's body, which they leave there. And it's like, there's clearly supposed to be like a setup moment here because they've, they put a bunch of like broken bottles near him as though he got drunk and blew it up himself or something. But then yeah, they left mini bottles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like airplane bottles. Bottles. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He got drunk, but not that drunk. He was crazy yeah, about he it. He took a flight the way Heath flies and then he <laughs> blew up the warehouse. <laughs> So, all right, so now we cut to the gang sitting on a dark curb somewhere talking about how they need to write a computer virus to infect the Fed. Yes. And Cody's like, I can't do it. I need a a computer that's got a jib jab quad core. <laughs> computer words, computer words, computer words. Oh, my God. It could not be more clear that they just Googled good computer and started reading the specs. He even says, now this is a movie that came out in 2014. He says, I'll need a computer with 16 gigs of RAM, dual quad core, up to 16 gigs of RAM. Really? That's your, like, that's your high end. I need, yeah, it needs hyper graphics. And the, the, I, I love to, Adam goes like, you know, I don't know what any of that means. And clearly neither does the person writing this script, but here's a fucking computer. Right. 
So, but Cody doesn't want to program on a girl computer. It's Kirsten's computer. Gross scaff cooties, but he'll do it anyway. And this is when Kirsten goes, I mean, we need the raw computer code from the Fed. What? What is raw? (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It sounds super pompous. And that's all I want from now on is raw computer code. Someone sends me an email. Ooh, I'm actually only doing raw computer code right now. Oh my God, you have to come to this internet cafe. They have organic, all natural, raw computer code. <laughs> they don't even have the zeros. It's just ones. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah, but luckily, of course, Cody still has the raw computer code because remember, he had, it doesn't, who the fuck knows? Anyway, so they head out to do the deed. The bad guys once again are right behind them. Yeah, you know, like they are. Um, and, and so, and Cody, of course, is programming like a motherfucker in the backseat. Basically, he's sitting back there going, almost programmed. Programming? Programming? Programmed. <laughs> but as he's doing this, they're on the bridge. The bad guys are behind him. The bad guys call Kirsten on the phone. And, and they're like, get off of the next exit and we won't, you know, kill you as much. Yeah, exactly. He calls her. They've got her number, and he's like, "Hey, it's me, the bad guy." I'm sorry, who is this? The, the bad guy. You know, I've been peeking out behind black trees. Suit, black van. You know. Oh, uh, yeah. This is awkward. So, and they order him to go to a good murdery spot, right? They're like, Which they do. Yeah, and they, they exactly. It's like, what guys? We saw this. You can outrun these guys at 22 miles an hour in city traffic. I mean, this is yeah. not tough. But yeah, so they go to a good murdery warehouse, but luckily, as they're walking in, Adam suddenly becomes a goddamn ninja. Does he? Well, I just... <laughs> has the effectiveness his, of a ninja, I should say. Because his movie is to, like, slap the gun out of the guy's hand, yes. right? Like, you're stealing the remote from your little brother, just like... <laughs> and, then, and then he shoves him and grabs the gun, and they run away. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. So ninja-like results without the ninja-like dexterity. And he basically slaps the hand, and then the guy throws the gun a second later. Um, So they go running through this warehouse. They don't run back out where their car is. They run deeper into this warehouse. Um, And unfortunately, the bad guys are watching them through their live-action Pac-Man tracking camera. Yeah, it's got an overhead video game camera. They're just red dots because apparently they all have trackers on them. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, By the way, I have to point this out. They are very clearly at Manhattan Storage. I have a storage unit in this building. Like I was like, oh, (laughs) 314, there it is. Bunch of magic shit. Huh, I bet it doesn't have an electronic lock on it. It does not, in fact, have a key. You mean a keypad lock? Yes. A key-coded lock? <laughs> that looks an awful lot like a uh, router that's just been duct-taped to the side of the thing. I This is so amazing. We're not quite there, but this is so amazing. They show th- This plot depends on them having an electronic lock that they can override on this thing. So they show outside of this, obviously just you slide a fucking, it slides over and you put a padlock on it, the storage thing, but they've got this fakey-ass looking keypad next to it. None of the other storage lockers near them have a fakey-ass keypad, right? So it couldn't be more obvious that this was just taped on later. But yeah, that's what they went for. Jesus. Okay, so now it's time they're going to they're going to lock these guys in the <laughs> Manhattan storage locker thing. Keep in mind other people go to those. Yep. 
Like knocking on the fucking door would be enough. That would have been it. That would have been all that would have been required is just someone walking by to be like, I'm going to get grandma's couch. Bang, bang, bang. Hey, I'm <laughs> in <us>. here. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. No problem. And by the way, I want to know more about this storage unit. Is this the bad guy's storage unit? I wanted it to be filled with embarrassing bad guy stuff. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> did you collect Conan the Barbarian comics? All right, look, I thought when the movie came out, they would gain value. And now I just, uh, yes, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Are these beanie babies? Those are going to be worth a lot someday. I mean, they don't have They're the tags, man. Brand they, they need, too. They need the, yeah, not- these are. They're Even called time. Bernie babies. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if Bernie had won president, that would have been... <laughs> Bernie would have won, by the way. Ugh, please lock me in here. <laughs> Actually, could you so, shoot me in the face? I would really like them. I love to. So they get locked in there. <laughs> Apparently, by the way, her computer, um, the kid had it stuffed between his ass cheeks because he still has that. <laughs> he, he, literally, he literally pulls it from his ass oh my god we have to talk about it. okay so he's like they take his cell phone they're like all right you're locked in there beep 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 they're locked in there and then literally cody reaches in and gets not a small laptop a giant laptop he's just like Hup. he might as well have had one of the original like Macs that were shaped like a big <laughs> fucking he just pulls out one of those punch card computers out of his ass yeah right, right as soon as i'm done feeding these cards in there <laughs> so, no, you have to fast forward to the right spot on the cassette to load it <laughs> um yeah apparently and i love because he goes like at this point because you see the guys walk away right you see the bad guys walk away clearly they do not lock the fucking door and the guy goes this is a steel door with an electronic lock on the outside and I'm like none of those things are true except for on the outside which is where you put the lock that's what the girl says she says this is a steel door nope it is aluminum foil (laughs) it is an aluminum foil door with an electronic lock on the nope Nope. not even it has a pager (laughs) super glued they lost their deposit for the space for the day because they chipped a little of the paint when they taped that on there just say if we're if it doesn't matter just say we're trapped under a hundred years underground yes concrete (laughs) dinosaur bones Yeah. Also, by the way, the bad guys, there is, we have established in this movie, there is $8 billion a year on the line here or 30 Mm -hmm. billion. They changed the amount a couple of times, but there is like billions of dollars a year on the line here. The bad guys lock them in the storage room and then just leave, leave with and leave their car there. Yeah, They leave their car. They don't like, all right. Let's break up everyone in separate cars so that they don't have a car, obviously. If they get out, yeah, right. Should they miraculously escape? Let's By let's knocking on with- the goddamn door, yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the, and again, look, they have 25 hours or less than that now to, before all the computers are switched out and they're in the clear, apparently. Right. Um, and, and yet they can't afford to just like, no, you. why don't you just watch the door and just mm-hmm. shoot them if they come out? Oh. Anyway. So now this is the first of about 11 times I've written in my notes as the scene intro still in the storage unit. <laughs> so. I wanted so badly for Cody to just be like, so I'm thinking of a thing. <laughs> no, nobody wants to play. I just want to say the Antichrist is super cool about this. He always wants to play. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but first we have to have this scene where 
Uh, Kirsten forgives Adam for getting her all involved in all of this. Now, keep in mind, this was a term paper. We don't even know what the assignment was. I guess it's on how awesome the Federal Reserve is or whatever. But this was a term paper. They are now locked in a storage room by fucking armed Illuminati men. She's like, yeah, I can see how, like, though, that this is like a term paper type thing. It's not your right. fault. She's like, there's nothing you could have done. And I'm like, do you think everyone in the class is locked in a storage unit because they discovered the Fed is a Jewish conspiracy theory? Someone knocks on the wall. Oh, my God. Were you guys Mr. Radisson? I am Mr. Radisson. That guy's got to switch up his assignments, man. That yeah. is <laughs> a lot of FOIA Ooh. requests, right? There's also just an amazing moment here. She goes, Adam, you proved that a group of people, not saying who, just a group of people. are <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, this is like as Adam's ready to throw in the towel. Damn it, we've lost. But this is where she has to like parrot back his God. May, maybe God does make the rules speech because only moral absolutes can save them now. Oh my God! I just wanted William Lane Craig to smash through the wall. Hey, kiddos! <laughs> I hear someone understands that is does not equal ought. <laughs> so I look like a flesh scarecrow. <laughs> Crazy billionaire money. So, and uh, what, a flesh scarecrow? Or, <laughs> I don't Both? know if. <laughs> so, William also, Lane Craig versus a flesh scarecrow? Oh, all right, all right. In a yeah. Thunderdome esque cage? <laughs> <laughs> all right, now that's worth a crazy billionaire money. Thank you. Patreon.com forward slash god awful. <laughs> Shit, Pretty after please. last week worked, I mean, you know, what the hell? Now um, we know. Begging works. Yeah. I'll poison Heath. Do so, it. <laughs> So, okay, but also I got, there are a number of times in this movie where like just randomly someone will start talking about in 1917 during the Bolshevik revolution, there was a train full of gold, but it's not always the same person, right? Like, like the last time it happened, it was Adam telling her this story and now she starts telling Adam the story and then Cody starts telling both of them the story and then yeah. he finishes the story. It's like a weird improv game. Yeah, but, right. but with conspiracy theories. Actually, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, I love this tagline at the very end where um, Cody goes, wait a minute. Are you telling me that all rich people are just evil villains? And like, no, 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 no. You see, hating rich people. This is real. Hating rich people is a commie plot. Yes. That's what they say. That's why people hate rich people, because the communists tricked them into hating rich people. Yes, right. The communist who existed pre-hating rich people. <laughs> How did the communist come to be? It's, well, it was spontaneous generations. It's a tough. It's a tough. How did God come to be? It's a good to like it's no one. No matter what, it's an infinite regress. Anyway. Yeah. yeah and also, by the way, this fucking history reveal is hilariously scored. Again, like I said, I'd love to redo the soundtrack on this movie, but I couldn't make it any more sarcastic. Yeah, no. Literally someone being like, this is important. This is important. This is important. <laughs> more subtle. More subtle. <laughs> so the next morning. Still in the storage unit. I wanted them so badly to have had a kid orgy, like the kid <laughs> orgy from It. They're not going to put that in the new movie. I bet orgy. they're not. I bet they're not. Read the book, people. There's a kid orgy in it. There I'm not is. making that up. 
There is, yeah. They they run a train on that little girl at the end of that book. Gangbang, I guess. Technically, yeah, it's more of a kid gangbang. It's a it's a it's a fuck train. They run a fuck train. It's very loving, and I I, like I I wouldn't be surprised if Asthma and Chubby Kid get in there. I want to talk about this instead of the movie. Let's get into the the kid fucking part (laughs) in it. Yeah, it was a that was a bizarre little close. Yeah. All right. So anyway, they're back. They're still in the storage unit. They have not had a kid orgy. Um, instead. They're the smart kid is building the escapatron. Escapomatic. He's just like there's a wire that controls this door made of aluminum foil, <laughs> and if I electrocute it, it will unlock. Right, and and because uh, this is so obviously a padlock door, when he does short the thing, they can't even get it to automatically go up. They still have to push it up because that's how that door works. Oh, God, it's so funny. Oh, for fuck's sake. There's also this incredible moment. It's just a little thing, but she's like, well, we've still got to get to my parents' house. That's an hour away, two hours back into the city. And I just wanted her to be like, and I'm going to want to stop for lunch. You guys hungry? And (laughs) I mean, I could eat. I'm not starving, but like, okay, but I don't want to eat like gas station food. Yeah, no, that's probably a good idea. (laughs) Exactly how she's planning it out. Um, So, yeah, so they make it to Kirsten's dad's house because they need they need to run their virus program on his computer, which has access to the Fed computer before they get it to Warnwall's computer, which also has access to the same computer, but they need it to be on Warnwall's computer. Got it? Good. Um, so first, to get Dad to agree to this, they have to tell him all about the corruption. They do so, by the way, using the same words they've explained it to us uh, with several times in the film. Yes. Yeah, they're just re-explaining the plot, which makes no sense, by the way. So they're just they're just like bing, 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 banana phone over and over and over again. <laughs> Fucking nuts. And she and she's saying it like it's bad news. She's like, Daddy, I've got bad news. And he's like, You're pregnant. And she's like, No, you work for an evil communist Jew plot. And he's like, Oh. <laughs> Bummer. Kinda wish you had just been because abortion, <laughs> we can do abortion. We're not that yeah. Christian. I yeah. just don't tell anyone about it. Yeah. So and I love to, again, just digging into these dumbass fucking tropes of the Fed conspiracy theorists. They're looking through it. And they're, they're trying to figure out where the embezzlement is and why nobody's figured it out. And the dad says, well, the Fed just creates money. So there'd be no way to know. <laughs> That's not it. All they, banks. They print it. <laughs> they print it. That's what they do when they run out of money. They print it. You see, what and that's how think? the inflation happens. Well, they that print fiat money, I guess, this, as, though, as opposed to non-fiat money. Yeah, the, God, Jesus. I, I really wish we had Heath here for this. I just want him to have to suffer through that conversation. <laughs> um, if he, It's just like we bring him in for one scene. All right, you're not that on vacation, bro. <laughs> yeah, get back. Get back. <laughs> so now, okay, Warnwall is furious because he just found out that they escaped, you know, right. and which means that his guys couldn't bother to station a guard there. They're like, I, we all want to go to the strip club, guys. It's not going to work out that we draw straws. We all want to go. And now we get another uh, cars driving because we can't afford a, a car chase scene. Yes. And I cannot, I'm going to save you all uh, some time at home. I cannot convey to you how long this car chase is. Oh my it is, God. It is a solid eight minutes of just like, meh, meh, meh. 
And also, okay, so th- this is supposed to be taking place in New York City, although they clearly filmed it in Detroit. Um, so they have all of these little cut shots, these momentary cut shots of iconic things in New York, like not in the same scene as the, the cars, mind you, but mm-hmm. just like very quickly you'll see a snippet of a, a, a like a New York subway entrance or something like that. And but but they have no clue where things are in relation to other things, right? But they they, they pass Wall Street and then immediately after that, Forty Second Street. Right, and then they're at Columbus Circle, and then they're, and then they're at Columbus in Circle, yeah, Harlem. Then they're uh, they're driving around the Statue of Liberty in a circle. <laughs> it makes no sense, none. Also, they there's one moment where they're running, and can we talk about unicycle guy? Oh, please, please! I was so happy to see him. They escape a room. They they walk from one place to the next, and they're, as they're running on foot, there's a guy just riding a unicycle that they have to dodge. Yep. What do we think? How do we think that gentleman ended up in the movie? Oh, I think that that guy was like the writer or the director or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to unicycle in this fucking movie. <laughs> I fuck it. Look, there are three conditions. One, she does not <laughs> react with too much surprise. Two, no one says the J word. Three, I ride my fucking unicycle. And they're like, all right, man, those are your conditions. You got it. You got it. I do want to say, by the way. It is perfectly legal to ride a uh, unicycle on New York City sidewalks. Kind of an accident, yeah. but it's, I mean, on a scale from one to bringing your crying baby on a plane, it's like a six. Yeah, it is. But it you is. can do it. But you yeah. can do it. Yeah, it's but it's legal. They can't arrest you for it. Sidewalk. So okay, so yeah, so they they go from one portal to the other. They wind up in the Upper East Side or something now, and now they're back at the FBI building. Um, but now they know that the the FBI agent that they were talking to before is corrupt, right? Because they heard that on the phone call. Uh, where Byron got killed. Right. And their their plan is to trick her into bringing the hacked computer program that they developed at her dad's house to, to have Wormwall install it on his computer, essentially. Right. So they're going to bring it to her and be like, oh, no, I hope the bad guys don't get this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And literally, they go into her office and they're like, oh, the uh, case goes all the way back to World War One. It was the Jews, you see. Can you arrest the Jews? Can you just go <laughs> just like a, a general Jew this arrest? Just, I don't like, on, on a Saturday, I feel like it would be pretty easy. I just go to their little hut. They're not even allowed to drive on those days, right? They can't yeah. drive away. So. They're all wearing black. It's hot. So <laughs> we got them. So they leave. Now, Miss Zimmer is a little nervous. So she calls Mr. Warnwall and I have to give you an actual, she's like, you know, look, I'm not getting paid for this kind of risk. I can't even afford acting lessons here, but, but I have to give you this actual quote because this, I went back over this three times to make sure this is exactly what she said. All of these words, I didn't leave anything out. I didn't misspell anything. She says, quote, now I'm involved in obstruction of justice international case. Those are her actual words, which means there were 93 takes of that. And finally, they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck That's it. fine. Fine. You're obstruction of justice. There you go. <laughs> it's like, like some of the takes on Scathing Atheist where I mess up a word. It's because Noah and Heath have been sitting there for 12 minutes <laughs> while I try to read what I wrote down. You know what? Let's let it. Yeah, you're right. Chimera. It is Chimera. That's fine. Whatever. There Let's move go. on. In, enjoy your Chimeras. So, Chimichangas. Chimera Changas. <laughs> so, all right. Now, the movie is not over somehow. Uh, that, it is not over. No, there's still another 15 fucking minutes in this thing. They're waiting around to see if this worked. And and this is when Kirsten gets an email from her dad 
saying that the police are out to get them because they think that they murdered Byron. Right. And and look, literally, we're just all having our characters wait in a coffee shop so that the bad guys can bring about their own downfall. But there is an extra. Oh, my God. Who chose to make this coffee shop the most beautiful thing in the world. By the way, before you say anything, I just want to point out that everyone who watched this movie with us knows what you're about to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because coffee shop guy goes, here's your coffee. <laughs> Literally like that. That actor was like, I am a new, he did years of sense memory. He worked in a, he's the Daniel Day-Lewis of Critical, just making shoes and living in a fucking two-bedroom apartment with six roommates. He's really, here's your coffee. Oh my god! And and by the way, if you're wondering why he had to do such a ridiculous New York Jewish accent, it's because apparently this barista is also part of the Illuminati. Is he part of the Illuminati, or do they think that all New York coffee shops have a literal button that says "police" on it that you can push to call the police? Well, but but why would he be calling the police on him unless he's in wanted for murder? That's what Dad's email said. They're wanted for murder. Well, right, but they, so they sent out an all points bulletin to all the baristas. Yes, you get one of those. Oh, at okay. I see. I see. <laughs> Comes in like a mobile order. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now it all makes sense. The whole movie yeah. makes sense now. Amazing. So, okay, now we have the cut to Warnwall, who is finding out now about the virus and that he's gonna go down. So he's he's trying to make it a, a break for it, right? He's going to his private jet, right? Um, and he's on the phone with Mr. Steinbergenstein, um, who who is very angry with him about all of this happening. And Steinberg's, Steinberg says, if this gets to the media before I have a chance to control it. Yes. Yes. Uh, those are the actual fucking words. Mr. Steinberg controls the media, everybody. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, that one, I missed that entirely on the way through. I didn't, didn't even occur to me. That's oh, so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Steinberg. <laughs> Controlling well, the, the media. But see, the reason I missed it is because of how silly the the scene after that is like, if the media gets a hold of that and then like 400 reporters just come pouring around the corner where Warren Wall's trying to get on his plane. You know, there's just like, and again, all of them with the giant old fashioned single bulb cameras from ni- the 1930s or whatever. Yeah. So the computer upgrade's been stopped. The Illuminati is all going to get arrested and evil brown guy behind a tree can't even go kill him now because there's so many police everywhere. That's a, and he literally, he just exits the movie. He's just like, oh, nope, that's it. You had me for one day. Bye. <laughs> yeah, walks right. Out of right. The movie forever. Hi, guys. Remember me? I'm the one who killed Byron. I'm not going to get punished at the end of this. So, all right. So now we have to wrap the film up. So we go back to the library where he's putting up books, and they're all discussing how rough it is that they finally took down the Jews, but nobody knows it was them. Yeah, man. And, and there's also like a weird swipe at bloggers here. He's like, man, those bloggers who always tell the truth, they just take all the credit for people who do. <laughs> Do the research. Well, and isn't it fucking funny that in this movie, like the way that they make sure that this is all going to go good is they send all of this information to bloggers. Hundreds of bloggers. Right. Because in this, in the minds of the people who wrote this movie, that's where you go for information. 
is the bloggers. The bloggers. Just a 9-11 truther mommy blog. Today, <laughs> Hunter, who still has the rickets, by the way, <laughs> stop asking. Uh, get, anyways, the Fed is a private bank. Yeah. And now to wrap the whole thing up, well, not quite, but to almost wrap the whole thing up, we have to have the moment where we, we have to Christian it up one last time because mm -hmm. damn it if Adam, Adam didn't buy Kirsten a cheap ass cross. Oh, yeah. Music note that is not a shitty cross from Zales. It is <laughs> nice. It's very nice. Honestly, dude, that's an insult to Zales. That is a shitty cross from like the, the, the little, um, the, the kiosk outside of Zales. <laughs> that's where he got that one where there's just like a bored teenager sitting there like crosses and will fix your broken phone screen <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah. also a uh, quick little thing at the end she says that uh because they were the ones who turned them in they're gonna get five percent of last year's losses so like two billion dollars yeah it was yeah 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 it was quite a sizable number nice uh, little finder's fee there yeah also, I love to, so as the movie, like, like the very last scene of the movie is this news footage. Now, this is from a clearly 15-year-old kid, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to stand out there like an economic analyst or whatever. Um, but this is to tell him that, like, and if those plucky teens hadn't stopped him in time, their next target was going to be the U.S. dollar. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, Mr. Jenkins was going to take out the U.S. dollar. Yeah, was it? <laughs> but also, oh. like, I love that this movie is so fucking stupid that they think you can add stakes retroactively. Right. And it turns out they were going to kill the president as well. <laughs> a, a good president, not Obama. A white one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and also, okay, I just wanted to point out two things about the credits. One, bolstering my, the production company was just milking them for every dollar they possibly could. There is someone listed for composting mm. in the credits. They had mm -hmm. an official composter. And also uh, bolstering the, they got $25,000 more by putting some Jesus in it. The last line of the credits in all caps, to God be the glory. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, this was fun. So fun it's like you ever have a scary conversation with a guy you think is going to fight you or uh, for those who don't understand that have you ever heard joe rogan speak it's like <laughs> making it through what we all think joe rogan isn't always just about to fight you all yeah right, no fine. you're right yeah. <laughs> if it's it's like that and then you make it out the other side without the person fighting you it's that kind of fun you're like <laughs> <Yes>. hey <laughs> hey that guy really did just want to know where the Cinnabon was in this mall. <laughs> he was just a close talker and couldn't afford a shirt in his size, I guess. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's go get a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So given the, uh, given the amount of fun we had with this one, I can't wait to do another one like it. So Eli, to close things up, what other anti-Semitic canards would you like to see brought to the big screen? Oh, uh, the blood libel, uh, cultural <laughs> Marxism, uh, the ludipressa. Please, I just, there's so much. I have so many ideas. Please call me, Pure Flicks. I have, I have some pictures for you. We'll throw some Zales crosses in at the end. You know, we'll even put like only 25 left at 19.99 on the bottom, flashing if you want. <laughs> huh? We could sell some supplements, <laughs> <laughs> some buckets, a few buckets. And well, that's going to do it for our review of Creed of Gold. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to moisten you up for next week. Eli, you got us something fucking weird for next week, huh? I 
I sure did. <laughs> Dashavatar, every era has a hero. Now, this is on Netflix. And if I'm reading it right, we've both scrolled around. It is a super violent, deadly serious cartoon about the first nine incarnations of Vishnu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I clicked around. It's also on YouTube. I clicked around and I saw three scenes. In one, a chick got her nose cut off. In another, an army was decimated. And the third had a kid being prodded off a cliff with the promise that Vishnu would catch him at the bottom. <laughs> so with a whole new brand of crazy coming at you next week, we're going to bring episode 103 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors to help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, The Skeptocrat, and Citation Dated, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are Provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music used in this episode was performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Heath pauses a lot when he talks. The Jews went on to start a different war somewhere else. We did, it's true. Wormwald killed like 450 freshmen who just copied their term paper off the wrong internet conspiracy site. <laughs> He's was, a busy man. Very busy man. <laughs> Who's that pizza guy? Kill him! <laughs> God damn it. You're losing kill permission. <laughs> Those two are definitely married. They 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 are you enough. They've got to be married. They can't be coworkers. Because it's and then there's always one white kid. He's a teenager and he's just in. You know he's not really, but you don't want to be like, hey man, you and me answer because that walking behind that it's a whole that it just is blatant racism. Yes, that you don't want to do that. That's correct. Gets weird. I don't like it. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.